again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I'm Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. So I was grocery shopping, right? And I heard it, and it brought back a funny memory. The song was putting on the Ritz, and the artist was, oh yes, the artist was Taco. Taco, dude. <laughs> it made me think of a quote that I read by a fellow music journalist who said something like, when Taco released his second album, I don't think his mother even bought that album. (laughs) It's basically true for the most part. That one cover song of a 1920s hit by Irving Berlin, all done up in full-on 80s neon and synthiness, would be the one song most people would ever hear by Taco. Now, some ridicule this. They use the term one-hit wonder in a mean way. But here's our question for today, kids. Should they? This man, whose name was Taco, for God's sake, recorded what became a global hit, reaching number four, on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and making Irving Berlin, then at the time 95 years old, the oldest ever living songwriter to have one of his compositions to enter the top 10. It was certified gold for selling over 1 million copies. The song topped the charts in Sweden, New Zealand, and entered the top five in numerous countries, including Australia, Norway, Austria, and Canada. And yet, you know what happens? People mock the taco. They mock the taco. So here's my question. How dare they mock the taco? (laughs) I feel, I feel, I don't know. It's a huge accomplishment for an artist to have a hit song. I mean, especially based on reasonable marketing an actual sincere interest in the song I mean, corporate sponsored hits are that's too easy i mean come on if i throw an artist at radio with massive dollars behind them and they get played over and over and over until it sticks to the wall that's a completely different animal think of it like this the true one hit wonder is like a 79 foot long blue whale jumping 10 to 15 feet out of the water and then making a huge unexpected splash came out of nowhere. And while that water will eventually settle and you may never see that whale again, if you witnessed it personally, you're going to remember that moment for the rest of your life. That's a true one hit wonder. Now, corporate sponsored and pushed hits are not like that. A corporate hit is kind of like a computer-generated version of the same thing, like Sharknado. In my musical travels, I have interviewed a lot of people 
And I interview people who I want to interview. I was never put up to interview somebody that I didn't really care about their music or wasn't a fan. But among the ones whose names everyone would totally recognize, I also had the privilege of interviewing a lot of individuals that get this one-hit wonder stamp on them. And you know what I noticed? Just about every single one of them were happy people. Think about it. They are a part of pop culture. They did it. Their song, be it singular, is still being played on the radio or in the grocery store like Tacos was. Their glass is half full. And I, for one, am proud of them for whatever they've accomplished. I, I think of it as a wee man in my teens and 20s. I personally wrote over 200 songs, not bragging, just sharing. Some were good, some were great, some were reasonable, and some should never have seen the light of day. I got satisfaction in making this kind of art. But can I say any of them were ever played on the radio? Even once? No. And I, I somewhere in this house, I still have the rejection letters from Capitol Records and Warner Brothers and all those good places. But these, quote, one-hit wonders that society often mocks because they only had one hit, guess what? They all did, which in my book makes them all rock stars. The Psychology Spot website had a piece on this topic called The Fragility of People Who Criticize Others. It said this, Many times criticism says more about who criticizes than who is criticized. A criticism involves judging a situation or person. But in this process, we are not usually impartial observers. Our subjectivity is a conditioning of the entire process. Therefore, criticism is often the expression of an emotional fragility, of an ego that feels threatened and reacts defending itself through criticism. By subtracting value from the other person through criticism, these people reaffirm themselves, or as Alphonse de Lamartine said, criticism is the power of the impotent. So here's what I say, guys. Let's, let's not see these people as their glass is half empty. Let's give them the respect they deserve. Yes, I'm talking to you, Mickey and Sylvia, the SOS band, Till Tuesday, Musical Youth, The Buggles, The Five Stair Steps, Iron Butterfly, Doris Troy, The Vapors, Tommy Two-Tone, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs, Bobby Boris Pickett, Len, the Mary Jane Girls, the Laws, Santo and Johnny, the Standells, the Lightning Seeds, M, Gnarls Barkley, Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians, Thunderclap Newman, Nick Lowe, Bobby Freeman, Modern English, I'm talking to you. Let's, let's kind of close here. I mean, we still got a little ways to go, but let's wrap this up. In fact, let's finish where we began with Senor Taco. 
<coughs> Why does that not get old? In 1989, Taco briefly flirted with contemporary dance music that was styled after high-energy disco. Then he repositioned himself as a swing and a soul singer. In 2009, he performed Putin on the Ritz at the Olympic Stadium in Moscow, where he was the star guest in the New Year's Eve show of Russian TV in 2009, which had about 84 million viewers in more than 20 countries. And between 1989 and 1996, he worked as an actor. He had television acting roles and also appeared in the theater production of Marx Brothers radio show. He also played lead roles in Shakespeare Rock and Roll in Berlin and Shakespeare As We Like It in Austria. That said, to the average listening taco mocker and ridiculer of the one-hit wonder, I ask you, what art did you create that went global? Where's your number two hit? Where's the song that you wrote that's being played currently on the radio? Where is your massive body of work, even though it wasn't all popular except for one song? Where was it for me to find? Where is it for me to be impressed by? See, unless you have something to show me, I suggest that you and I, we back off of the glass half full artists that made one big impression on the world. See, even if you're an accomplished and well-known artist hearing this, you're a megastar. Guess what? Just like you made a dent, they did too. But here's the thing. Megastars, the people who are always in the, in the tabloids or in the headlines or whatever, you are all aging while these ones only remind us of former decades of greatness. Many of these people, even as they're still alive, will always be young to us listeners because the radar left them where we first met them. The superstars, we watch you guys age because you're still quote-unquote relevant. But often, their work diminishes and some we see die. But, but not our friends, the so-called one-hit wonders. Their song is always there in its youthful splendor and glory. So in many ways, they win. Because when we hear their song on the radio, in my experience, that is enough to make them happy. And that oftentimes makes us happy, which essentially for them and for us is the equivalent of every day being Taco Tuesday. <laughs> we have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast. It is entitled Refresher Podcast Dash The One Hit Wonder is a glass half full playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast Dash The One Hit Wonder is a glass half full. Fun fact, I only chose artists for this list who I met or I know or I've interviewed. 
all of these are very cool people. So hopefully it'll help you to enjoy the songs even more. And you know what? You're going to know all of these songs. Maybe one is a little borderline, but you are going to have heard all of these songs. And you're going to know them well, and you probably enjoy most of them. Track number one, the song is The Promise. The band is When in Rome. I met and interviewed the man who actually takes the lead vocal on the very well-known chorus. His name's Clive Farrington. But he, at the time, was thrilled when I interviewed him because this song was just placed in the ending scene of the movie Napoleon Dynamite. And so it started getting really popular again at the time with younger kids. He was a really nice guy. The Promise by One in Rome. Number two, I interviewed a man whose name you might not know. It's Ivan Doroshuk. But you do know the song. The, the band is Men Without Hats. And the song is, of course, The Safety Dance. Now, how hot is this? I asked him at the end if there was anything he would like to tell his fans about upcoming shows because they were touring. He said, and I quote, You can just tell them that they can still dance if they want to. Dude. Number three, the Daz Band with Let It Whip. Their drummer was a cool guy. His name was Ike Wiley. Really good interview. Number four, Funky Town by Lips Incorporated. I interviewed the singer, Cynthia Johnson. Now, she has an interesting backstory. She was in Minneapolis when Prince started, and she was actually in the band the time for a minute. Cool lady. Number five, another gem. Keir Kirby was an extremely thoughtful and cool person to get to interview. She was really nice to me. She, she of course, lead vocalist and basically lead everything for D-Light. You may remember their big smash, Groove is in the Heart. Number six, Chris France of Talking Heads was the very first, I guess you could say, famous person to join my old former Eclectiblog site. And it kind of grew heavily from there with other great musicians and people that are fairly well-known tuning in. And I will always appreciate the fact that he broke the ice. Anyway, in addition to Talking Heads, he and his wife were also in Tom Tom Club, which gave us easily one of the most important rhythmic tracks of the 1980s, our track number six, Genius of Love. Number six, a big hit on MTV was by the band King. The song was called Love and Pride. I know that KROQ in Los Angeles used to play this all the time. I don't know if it was the same way all over the country, but this was a big hit in where I grew up. Anyway, I, I knew Mick Roberts, who was the keyboardist. He handled the synthesizers, piano, and backing vocals for this group. And it was funny, when I finished interviewing him, he actually sent me to a pal of his who I interviewed next by the name of Anthony Hardy, and he was in the band The Style Council. And I almost put them on this list too with the song My Ever-Changing Moods, but I didn't. I'm sorry, but you should look it up though. Number eight, the next song you saw on TV more than you heard on the radio, but it was the first and only major hit for the reggae band Inner Circle. It became the theme to the show Cops, and of course, the song is called Bad Boys. Now, if you want to talk about positive longevity, these guys have been together since 1968 and are still going. 
with just the one hit that took place in the 80s. Anyway, I interviewed their drummer, Lancelot Hall. Number nine, one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever done, but it was awesome. I met the super cool and fountain of youth possessor, question mark, from question mark and the Mysterians. It was right around the time that Dick Clark died. And that's really all he wanted to talk about. I mean, we talked for like probably two and a half hours, but part of a big part of that conversation was about Dick Clark because that made him sad because he had great memories of having been given a chance to perform on American Bandstand. And he told me all about that in detail. Of course, question mark and the Mysterians, their big hit was 96 Tears. Number 10, cool experience. I got the okay to forward some questions to Tracy Guns from LA Guns. He responded in like minutes. He was so happy to to be interviewed and to and just to to hang out. He was in studio at the time. He was in between takes and he just got in touch. A really cool guy to me. Showed me respect as a journalist and I appreciated that very much. Um, their big song, which again is our number 10, is The Ballad of Jane, which, fun fact here, was written about Jane Mansfield. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash the one hit wonder is a glass half full. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Sewickley, Pennsylvania. I looked at, looked that up, and Sewickley is actually Native American for Sweetwater. Also, we have some new listeners in Maharashtra, India, which I learned is the second most populous state in India. How cool is that? Welcome to Refresher. Hey, everybody, listen, did you know that plants improve the air around you and they actually can help improve your mood? Plants, seriously. Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. I suggest you really go to their website and check out some of their videos. They're really fun. But basically, not only do they sell these containers, they sell the plants too. And it's not just plant sales. They are encouraging you to take that plant with you when you leave. It's a pet plant to go. So again, look at their website. It'll do better than I will to describe what's going on there. It is leafy.com. It is L-E-A-F-V-E.com. We also want to remember our friends at DesignCraft. DesignCraft is at the forefront of the millwork industry, constantly innovating to meet custom needs. You can check out examples of their unbelievable work at designcraft.com, which is spelled like this, D-E-Z-I-G-N-K-R-A-F-T.com. And of course, we want to remember our friends at the Managing Expectations podcast, which is a podcast for interesting people by interesting people, wading into all the things that make them interesting, be it music, art, books, movies, and generally the passing scene. You can check them out at managingexpectationspodcast.com or Check them out wherever you listen to podcasts. They're probably going to be there. This show, as we always wrap it up with this, simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be wonderful. 
if you have social media and you're comfortable posting it, that would be great too. Also, if, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. I mean, it can be as little as 99 cents a month. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. However you got here, you should have that link. If you're so inclined, that would be really, really helpful. Every little bit counts, but whether you do or whether you don't, always feel free to listen and enjoy anytime. Also, if you're interested in any of my uh, celebrity interviews, books that I've written, and merch such as t-shirts for this show, and things like that, you can find them on our website, which is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by none other than Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you.